It's official. You thought the biggest news of the year was going to be aliens confirmed. It's not. We are going to find out who shot Tupac. You thought aliens. I think this is more crazy than aliens, honestly. I've always known who shot Tupac, but like it hasn't been like arrested on who shot Tupac. So you knew this guy was, you sniffed out the skunk in the cellar, right? You didn't, I, I, I might be crazy, but I thought he like admitted to it like multiple times. Well, what and I was kind of reading was this guy, what's his name, Orlando something? I don't know. Yeah. Keith, Keith, Chief Keith. Uh, something Keith. Um, he, uh, I think, yeah, people were saying this, like we knew for years or something, but they didn't have anything to nab them. And I guess for them to yeah. wait that long, they've got to have, they got to have the smoking gun or something for them to do something after all these years. So I'd hope they have a folder. I mean, they've had yeah. what three decades and they probably, when they arrest them, they, Oh, they had the, the evidence and they said, read it and weep. Cause that would be my. Yeah, it was Dwayne Keith Kefty. Kefty was his nickname. Okay, not Chief Keith. Okay, I'll keep, no, I'll keep his name out of it. Chef D. Chef Boyardee. Chef Boyardee Boy killed Tupac. Up to no good, but uh, crazy. You never thought you'd I uh, see something. I think the aliens, that's great for, tu for Tupac and the estate. I'm happy for that. Yeah. I, okay. You're saying aliens is crazier? Alien they showed alien corpses that's true in mexico and like everyone moved on yeah <laughs> like what <laughs> like i blame I, I blame travis kelsey and taylor swift yeah yeah i mean it's like how is that not the biggest story um if they okay think... now that i've seen like the power of swift right because the concert stuff and then now the nfl stuff she's taken over if they like if we go through this alien news thing again, let Taylor announce it because yeah. then it clicks and people are like, Oh, it's real. If you have yeah. some guy in a tie, it's like, I'm, I'm sleeping on that. Right. You should just present the corpses next time. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Give her, um, at the like show, like raise it out of the, you know? raise it out of the stands in the show dress yeah dress her up like a doctor and like give her like a uh like a pointer and she can kind of explain yeah. yeah or yeah like c come out of the in the show i i mean i think that we could use taylor as a vehicle to uh get a lot of messages across yeah. you know i saw um, the, I, I saw on tiktok the other day that the army recruitment is like down the worst it's ever been put mm -hmm. taylor swift in camo yeah, and an assault rifle. I like what I like what you're cooking up there. Well, uh, we've we've already divided the NFL fan base because of this, because now people are ticked because Taylor Swift is now even being talked about in football, and then okay. you people on the other hand okay. who like love it because they're like, oh, it's Taylor Swift making Travis Kelsey famous. Like that let's kind of let's try to come up. What's something that she couldn't sell? Okay, mm. like you know, like nine eleven mm. two. You know, like. 50-50. Yeah. If what? she pitched it, I think people might still go for it. it what, what? If it, what if she made an album called 9-11-2? What? I, I, 
I think I, people I, would I get. That, I think people would get over it. They talk about it and they meme it up. Yeah. But they would yeah. be listening in their little ears on on yeah. release day. I don't know. But to, like, announce a new terrorist attack? No, I don't know if she would get away with that. I don't know. We'll see. No, she wouldn't even be close. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm here for it. I think it's hilarious. I think it's awesome. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, We are the Dweebros. We talk video games, as you've already heard, uh, music, TV shows, movies, Taylor Swift. Historical tragedies. Historical tragedies. Whatever you want to talk about, we're here. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm joined by Travis and Jacob. What up? And uh, it has been, we are virtual again, because yet again, there has been a busyness season in all of us. My busyness season is coming to a, I, I'm still going to be busy, but um, making a movie and actually doing the production side and having so many people's schedules intertwined is very hard. But I am happy to announce we are wrapped with production and with the quotes. We've got two little pickup shoot stuff in November, but we are essentially wrapped up. You have to do reshoots? We have to do reshoots on a couple The producer shots. demanded reshoots. Yeah, it's like those X-Men reshoots they had to do. Similar thing. Cyclops's eye wasn't why, in the right why spot. Why do you have to wait till November? I told uh, you not to cast Kevin uh, Spacey. Uh, I knew he would not be received well. Because we were probably we were we were going to be wrapped by this time, but just circumstances and things happen, you know, when you're making a movie and schedules. And then one of the one of our uh, actresses' schedules just didn't work out. We had to move it to November. We had to do a reshoot thing for that. So, mm-hmm. but it's easy, and uh, I'm looking forward to that being easy because. Last weekend was hard. It was extremely hard. Uh, <laughs> ungodly hard. Um, well, at least you got it knocked out. It's, uh, but it's been a crazy process. So all that said, amazing time I've had making this movie. Learned a lot. Learned of what not to do. Um, it's funny when like you're doing stuff like, oh, I'll remember that for next time. But the lessons you learn when you're making a movie are like imprinted in your brain till you die. Of like, you, you just won't make that mistake again it's like the poisonous frogs in the freaking jungle and it's like oh you don't eat the yellow ones you eat the red ones or you'll die they're poisonous so interesting question yeah speaking of things that you stick with you for the rest of your life do you guys have something when you were a kid that you loved to eat but you threw it up it made you sick one time and you never were able to eat it again um the one, the one thing that scared me, and I and I tell people this today that I hate this pizza. There's a local chain around here called Cassano's. I, don't, I think that's only local. Oh, and what a brutal I loss had, for you. I had a friend um, that came over to stay the night, and he he. I, this is a weird fact about him, but he just he never like threw up or never got sick around me or never was sick really often. But he ate that in barfed all over like i had a carpet like a little rug in my room and just destroyed that rug and and when i ate because i ate the pizza too but i didn't do that that he did but it did make me ill that night. it just didn't it was like yeah, it was yucky and uh ever since then when people are like oh i like casanos i'm like that no like <laughs> I, I just and i'm sure i mean that yeah. was like so many years ago it sticks with you but i, I, was like, I, I love casanas that's a bummer i just can't do I, it for me casanas, casanas i used for me. to 
I used to always get honey mustard. Like I would get chicken strips and do honey mustard. Like I just did that mm. all the time when I was younger. I got a honey mustard wrap from McDonald's. I would get that every now and then. I don't know what happened. I was so sick for like 24, 48 hours puking my guts uh. out. And I can't smell. I can't look at honey mustard. Mm. Never See, had it since. It's been that's 20 me years. And, that's me and ketchup now. Um, growing up, I loved ketchup. I ate ketchup on everything. And I don't know what happened, but one day I remember I tried it and I got extremely sick. Haven't been yeah. able to sniff ketchup since. Okay, but key question: Could Taylor Swift get you to eat ketchup? Oh yeah, Taylor definitely. Swift? No, probably not. If Taylor Swift no. gave me honey mustard, I might just have to do it. I don't. I don't think it's that. Yeah. No. Nah. Wow. Nah. Wow. Well, now I, the, I have, I, I now have the, the Swifties are going to come after you. So. Be prepared. Uh, Be prepared. Yeah, I mean, I was going to tell you guys, I mean, busyness is just a thing that, like, all of us hit and all of us go through. Yeah. Um, I actually want to talk about my era, Taylor Swift quotations. Of, oh, uh, your era. Life, because yeah. we're wrapping up our football season. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to coach seventh grade this year. Um, last year, I got the coach for the first. I don't count the year I, count, I coached kindergarten because that was, like, a joke. And I should have that's like that's, that's like for, the beta. That's for dads. It, they're like really, not even real. They're not even real people at that point. You no. Know? And so. so that that if you ever want to talk about coaching, that's for fathers. Like fathers should be doing that, um, not people who are looking to break into the coaching scene. Um, but I actually coached last year. I coached for sixth grade, and that was actually really good. I, I got to see a lot of things what not to do. And this year, I got asked to join a school in our area. To join their coaching staff it actually a paid position it was a big nice. deal um first time ever and i came in and i knew a lot of these kids already and uh we're actually going into the final two games of this week we're five and two um really great team but throughout the process i got my first opportunity to head coach my first fo football game and i want to tell you the story of my first football game i got the head coach um, from a perspective that, like, Travis, I know you might appreciate this. Zach, let's go for the ride. Um, I'm going for the ride. So uh, they have this thing. Uh, Travis, you might understand this. Uh, in high school, you have two subsets of football teams. You have your JV and you have your varsity. Varsity yeah. gets Friday night lights. They get the they get to play at the prime time. They, they're, the, they're the A squad. While JV is their B squad, the people who are, like, your practice squad. You want to see them become players one day, your young guys. They'll play on Saturday mornings. Um, we started doing something in a middle school level that we never did. Did you play uh, middle school football, Travis? Yeah. yeah. Mac, you didn't play football, right? Nope. Okay. So in middle school, you didn't have an A team and a B team. No. Um, you had one team, and if you were a bitch player, you knew it. Like You got beat up on in practice, and you never touched the field during the game. Um the coach would turn around and grab a jersey, and they made sure not to grab your jersey. That's the kind of B player you were. Um, like, you knew that. But in this level, there's so many kids in, like, the football system, apparently, that um, there are some teams that have an A, B team, and a B team. Uh, the team I coach for has a B team. And about three weeks prior to the game, uh, the head coach approached me and said, hey, you really know what you're doing, which is crazy because I don't know what I'm doing. But it's a classic Jacob Ware effect, I guess. Classic Jacob he's like, effect. He's like, can you coach up a B team? 
and like get these players together and get them to understand the sport. And I got three weeks to play Hamilton, which is my old Alamo, um, uh, where I went to school, Almorada. I can't even say the word right, Almada, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we start coaching this team, and it. How do I put this? You guys ever seen Bad News Bears? <laughs> Imagine yeah. me not holding a beer. Like that's probably the best way for me to describe it. Trying to coach these middle schoolers and get them to the point where they, because you know, these are you're talking people who like these are the kids who pick dandelions off the ground. They don't pay attention to the game at all. Um, but for me, I took it super serious. I was super into it, and I gave it my all. And we started to look good. And so uh, we went into uh, the game a couple weeks ago, and I had a play calling sheet created i had my first 20 plays scripted i knew i was going to run no matter what wasn't breaking away from the script and man that was it's probably the craziest thing i've ever done it's probably more fun than i've ever played a video game it's like playing madden with like real people (laughs) like out there doing what you said to go do yes and that was like that was the feeling because like we started like we started with the ball and i was jacked and i walked up and i grabbed the quarterback we've been working with and i said all right man you know what? I know we've been running this, and I know we've been we're ready to go, but I want to see you come out and just chuck the ball deep. And so I called a deep pass play on the first play, middle school. You didn't complete it, but that was the kind of stuff I got to do. I got to grab players and throw them out there, and I got to call the defense. I got to see the flow of the game. And I'll tell you right now, if you've never been in a coaching situation, it's so intimidating because like you have to watch so much. Like as a head coach of a small thing, I only have one other coach with me, and he, he's like one of the teacher coaches who like he does it for the paycheck, not for the sport. So mm-hmm. he has no idea what's going on. Well, Travis, you might appreciate this. So we're in the second quarter, we're losing eight to zero, and something I noticed um, was the linebackers for the the team we were playing against, um, they don't flow well towards like tight ends because we have a formation called Ram where like we get a tight end that's worth running the ball. And I was like, man, they only just follow the running back. Okay, this might work. So I, I had the quarterback come over here. I was like, hey, man, um, I want you to do this. I want you to run, run, run the Ram zone right. But I want you to tell the tight end to, to leak out. And I want you to fake the, the run. And I want you to turn around and toss it to the tight end. And he's like, that's not a play. And I was like, I know it's not a play, but just trust me. Like, it's going to be open. So he gets over there. And I'm like, how does he communicate this in the huddle? Because this is also seventh graders. So at some point, you're like, this doesn't work out right. He hikes the ball, he fakes it, he turns around, and he just tops a little pass to him. This little dude named Bryce catches it, and he takes off with a 60-yard touchdown pass. The sideline wow. is electric. Like, it's it's the coolest feeling in the world. Cause you're like, That's awesome. And I sat there, and I was like, oh, I called that. That was me. I did this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. felt really good. We end up losing the game, and that's fine. Um, but I want to say this, like, Travis, you're 100% right. It was so cool because it's like it's like the ultimate form of competitiveness without being on the field yourself. Um, yeah. I have one more game tomorrow for our B team. We play Mason. Um, I'm hoping we don't get killed because it's Mason and they're good at everything. But um, it's probably been the most fun I've had. That's why I haven't really played much video games. I've been coached. Yeah. I coached Monday through Friday. Um, so, But that's been a video game for myself. It's been an extremely awesome experience. And that's really I know cool. Well, guys- I don't know if you guys when you're done, it. congratulations on a successful season. And when you're done and you're missing football coaching, you need to watch Friday Night Lights because that's literally <laughs> the show. That's it's the show our, for you. It's on our radar. So I, I know that. I've mentioned it a few times. It, I don't think I can ever go a year without coaching again. 
That's cool. That's awesome. it, it sounds like you have that similar feeling I do. Do you run into this happens sometimes when I was doing the movie. There was a shoot where we had like 16 people and I had to direct Ooh. all of them and like have people and, and control all that. And that feel like sometimes I equate it to looking down when you're on the tightrope and it's like, Oh God, like you figure out like what there were certain suits where shoots where things would be like, Oh, well, how do we fix this? And like 16 people's eyes are on you or you're like, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm running the ship. Like the, the ship is like either going towards the iceberg or we got to get it out. But do you ever have that feeling where you're like, Oh, I, I guess it's more lower stakes of seventh graders. And maybe it's not like you're not in the NFL, but it, yeah. it, there's probably pressure, you know, to there's pressure. I think the pressure comes more from the parent side. Yeah. Um, and I'll give you an example. Actually, my wife came and watched this game because something we hear a lot is you'll hear the parents scream at you. Say, mm, why don't yeah. you give our kid the ball? Why, yeah, why, yeah. why is my kid not doing this? And it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's so dumb. Yeah. Um, so yeah. something we've heard a lot this year, um, is like we run certain plays and we're not a passing football team. Um, we don't pass. Well, the reason why we don't pass is because we have a running back that's our starting quarterback. He he runs the ball. He does not throw the ball. But on the B team, I found this quarterback who's really tall and he could actually throw the ball. And so we I developed this kind of like game plan coming in. Like I'm gonna throw the ball at least ten times. Like I'm gonna throw and the middle squat's a big deal. Like it most wide receivers know they're coming out and when you're a wide receiver, you're blocking, like you're another lineman. Um, but I wanted to throw the ball a lot and I was kind of thinking like I was going to hear something from the parents because I knew that means we're going to punt a little bit more maybe because I was just trying to hope that something would bust open, but no, nothing, no one was yelling. No one was freaking out. Maybe because they were just excited because their kids were playing because they normally don't play. Um, but yeah, that was probably the biggest moment when I felt nervous because I was scared parents are going to start yelling at me. Yeah. Dude, um, the most vicious people on earth are parents when you're coaching youth. Like, I coach fifth grade basketball, and the parents, especially like parents on the other team, that's like, why do you even care? Like, you shouldn't have them doing that and all this stuff. Like, yeah. Talk I, about getting second guessed by a whole crowd as you're just yeah. trying to volunteer I'm, and do the I'm trying to help. That, but, that's yeah. what I mean. And so I, I'm definitely like, it's definitely intimidating, but I would say that would probably be more of my like comparisons, Zach. Yeah. Not more or less. The middle schoolers they're gonna they're gonna do they're gonna do middle schooler things. They're yeah. gonna pick their butts and pick their noses and make jokes about farts. Like I don't yeah. like there's nothing else about between that. But when it comes to parents, nah, I ain't messing with parents. Yeah. That's how you get in trouble. I'm with you, Travis. Well, when so. the parents turn on you, that's when you got to get pull a favor and get Taylor Swift to come out get Taylor and Swift uh, to do the out. halftime. Now, I'll say who really needs Taylor Swift right now is Unity. Unity yeah, could yeah. use Taylor Swift real bad, real bad. Um, so, so but let's, uh, let's, it, let's start talking about the news here. What are you gonna say, Zach? I was going to say um, she could do a concert for them and say, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> I feel like Unity's like social media person probably would just like tweet that out. And, like, oh yeah, yeah. So ratioed, <laughs> like that's the kind of tone deaf like nonsense that happens these days. All right, look, this is really simple. Like I don't even know that like I feel super passionately other than this was complete crap what Unity did, and um, we're not like the most cutting edge news podcast <laughs> yeah. we release once a month. But like for those of you that are under a rock. Basically, Unity came out. They did a few things that all kind of culminated in a shitstorm. They 
delisted or took off of GitHub their terms of service, which is kind of a so big deal because cool a lot of people go. use them and make games mm -hmm. through them. So there was now this void of like what is true about your agreement with Unity. Um, and basically they came out and said, hey, like in a month, whatever, we're implementing a new fee structure. And I mean, I'm not the most well-versed. I haven't released like a ton of for-profit games and all that, but yeah. basically you pay Unity a fee for purchases. That's like a thing that's kind of been for a while, but they were changing it to where now you're going to pay even more like 20 cents or I don't remember what it was, it was like 10 cents, 20 cents, whatever it was. And it was per install. Yeah. And I thought that was crazy. Um, and uh, a lot of people in the industry were totally caught off guard by that because if yeah. you are a, just to make it very basic, if you're a game developer or a publisher, how do you have any control over the number of times someone installs your game? Yeah. And also, how is Unity going to know which installs were legitimate and weren't? Like there are so many problems with it. And unity yeah. basically said, look, we'll just work with you. And it's like, I would have to employ a person full time to work with you to figure that out. And at the end of the day, you're going to invoice. Like, how yeah. is this going to work? I was reading, was I was reading a big problem. I was reading from a couple of people that were saying a huge problem in all of this, that not only is it like some goofball, the CEOs or, uh, you know, I mean the, these head execs that are just wanting more money there. Cause they're on the, they're, they gotta, they have stakeholders. They have, you know what I mean? Like they have to appease yeah. all these shareholder stuff. That's when a company's like, ah, like they're just, they're a monster then at that point. But, um, the other part, what I was hearing a lot was Apple in more recent updates has like cut privacy stuff for like, install like unity game all you know what i mean all like what data people can collect and stuff and that killed i mean facebook went off the deep end last year i mean like all that stuff with yeah. the meta and then like they're been, they've been hurting a lot of people have been hurting they because all the ads are not as targeted they're they're not making across the board a lot of people aren't making money that has hit unity as well they were saying and i think that's why some of this stuff is coming up to like where can they gain this back because mm -hmm. And I, I guess maybe this got fixed in their, their new terms of service or they changed the plan or whatever, but they're kind of trusting people to self-report. And I think <laughs> the thing that they were doing was not doing that. They were just like, we're just going to take the installs or whatever. But um, it's, a, it's a total mess. They have, I guess... I was seeing some, most people happy, but then I was seeing other people going, uh, I'm just going to jump the ship and not... This, this is just going to still happen you know what i mean like some of this stuff is still going to be implemented maybe someday or a lot of trust has been lost i guess to... yeah i a and lot I... of people i know that i've worked on games with are like i'm gonna start pursuing working on something else yeah uh, i feel like uh big games like hollow knight silk song who the frick knows like because they have a legitimate risk like if yeah. it's now gonna be an increased fee and stuff that's their bottom line yeah they may say, hey, we're just going to port the game. I mean, that game is never going to come out at this point, it seems like. So, yeah, trust lost for sure. Um, and it, it, like you said, it's just kind of weird stakeholder, late stage capitalism driven, goofy decision making. Um, so I just hate to see it because so many like my little brother, he's working on his first game and he's been taking classes and learning Unity. Yeah. And I was like, hey, have you heard about all this? And he's like, no, he's like, I don't know when I'd ever make money anyway, because he's so early in the process. Yeah. But it makes you stop and say, well, wait, 
what do I do? Like, yeah. do I keep yeah. down this path? Like in it, that's not a good feeling. Like imagine the cameras you're filming your movie on Zach. If it was like, well, they released a new terms of service. And now if this movie blows up, like I have to maybe get like a lawyer and like, yeah. the whole thing. It's like, you, you don't need that in your brain when you're trying to make something Yeah, like you don't need that. You don't need that energy. You would. And I also just, I'm not a legal expert. I don't know. They were saying they were going to do this retroactively for games already released. I don't think you can do that. No, like, I don't you think can. you can. Well, on a game yeah, they were saying already made and released. I, go I, back and say we're going to change the deal. I was laughing yeah. at one point. They said people were asking questions. It was like, who's responsible for paying this or something? I don't know what it was at one point. I think it was before they changed stuff. And they were like, oh, you know, Microsoft, you know, and Game Pass. So Game Pass would be reliable, liable to pay good it. Luck. And people were like, yeah. good luck. You're you've like what planet are you living on? Like that's never going to happen in a trillion years. So yeah, I don't know. War with yeah, yeah. and, and it sucks insane. for the people that work at Unity because I guess they this got jumped on them too. They weren't aware. So um, yeah, yeah, it sucks because I really because people were talking about like Godot and Unreal, and it's like weird because Unity does still there's no great competition for Unity. What Unity does, they're just really they have a great niche because Godot. Uh, people were saying like uh, this is very hard to like port to consoles and do this other stuff whereas unity makes it really a lot easier but unreal you could do all that stuff you can do the porting stuff consoles you know in there but i have i have messed with unity or um, not unity unreal and unity but unreal is very hard it's very dense it's a dense yeah. dense program uh extremely dense whereas unity is much more user-friendly um yeah but godot is kind of like it doesn't have some of these benefits that unity does so i don't know i th i think the new update w that they updated with is like you have to make a million dollars and then some of this stuff like implements we'll see what people do because if, if they really go on a per install basis if that becomes a thing yeah the people that will be most impacted is users because yeah. what will happen is when you buy a game, it won't just be you get the game. It'll be you get the game and you get five keys. Like, that's where this goes. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get unlimited. Down. Like, I, dude, how many times have I downloaded something on Steam and say, hey, I'm not going to play it. And I uninstall it and I bounce things <laughs> around. I probably installed Destiny 35 times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just across all of the different times I've had it. Yeah. And on Game Pass, I'll download a bunch of different stuff. I'll play a third of it and not delete it and, you know. And I probably shouldn't do that because it's just kind of, you know, right now it's like, it's free. I don't know. It's just internet. I use it and then it's, you know, and so I, I could see things going that way, but like, I don't want a future where you get five shots at downloading the game and then you pay a, a fee for more keys or something yeah. like that. Like that <laughs> is, yeah. but that's where this goes because that's the only way to control the number of installs is to put it on the user that they only get so many. So I don't know. I think it's weird um, and yeah, but it's a wake up call for a lot of uh, developers, you yeah. know, about, but it's like, like you said, Zach, what do you do? Like if everybody, your company, your small company knows this one tool set. Yeah. I mean, are you going to really change? So I don't know. It's pretty crazy. It's a prime position, but it's extremely ungodly hard to make a game engine, but uh, uh, the spots open. You know, I, I feel like yeah. if somebody could swoop in and make something, they could. But right now, there's just no good competition for that. I people are moving and unreal, doing all this other stuff. But yeah. 
Uh, same thing. Who knows? But I do know that Nintendo had a direct this month. Um, yeah. And for me, this was this was huge news that happened because we were waiting anxiously. Where is the Sora amiibo? And they showed the Sora amiibo. Once I get this amiibo, guys, I'm going to have every single Smash Brothers amiibo. Bro, you started that back in like 2016. 2014. 2014 yeah, was the first amiibo. I still remember I went to Toys R Us to get my first amiibos uh, yeah. and pick those up. And little did I know I'd be doing this stupid quest till 2024 because that's when the Sora amiibo comes out. Ten years of my life trying to collect these things. I quit at one point and then I came back because I yeah, remembered yeah. how cool they were. Well, I was spooked because they made um, different versions of, like, Cloud came out. And was like, oh, he has a different costume. He does this. And, the, and I was like, are we going to do that to all of them? Then I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm not rebuying. No. You know what I mean? I'm not doing that. But uh, I think a lot of people quit at that same time. And then I came back because Banjo-Kazooie, all these cool ones. But they showed that. 2024, I'll have all those. I can finally rest from my self-imposed prison. Good pri- for you. So my self-imposed yeah. prison. Um, I, I do want to... I do want to mention, like, Nintendo is really doing some weird stuff with the 99 thing. I don't know if you guys have been watching. Yeah, they have F-099 is what they announced. I absolutely think that that is going to be ludicrously fun. Oh, people have said it's fun. I think it's it's already out, yeah. I haven't played it yet. I'm going to – I have my Switch with me. Um, Finally, it's it's been away. But um, when I do start playing that game, I think I'm going to get addicted to it like I did Tetris 99. Because when you could take a game like that and make it such a massive royale, yeah, it it just adds a layer of just like this is competitive, but you you there's no over the top competitiveness. Sometimes it's just luck, sometimes it's just spur of the moment, um, which I'm really glad about that. But also, thousand year door, baby, Ooh. let's go, let's go. Man, I, I was it was funny because earlier in the direct they showed um, Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah, which was a GBA game. I I did enjoy that game a lot as a kid, but between that and that Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raider yeah. they're remaking, oh, yeah. I am, I am wore out from remaster stuff. Like we are just like copy pasting a bunch of stuff, and I'm I'm over. Well, it. But they showed this Thousand Year Door, and they it is updated. Like they have like they have updated some design stuff. It looks good and. I just want to play this on a modern console, and people have been begging for the port for years for this, so it's like I'll let this one pass. And I'm really is this different than Super Mario RPG? Yes. Yeah. Super Mario RPG is a total remake of the Super Nintendo game. It's from Square Enix. So Square Enix helped make Super Mario RPG. I thought Thousand Year Door was an RPG. It it is. It's. It came out on GameCube. And uh, it's a different, whole different team, like that that put those together. They're yeah. very similar. They they were kind of spiritual successors. Successors. Okay. The, the first. Those were the same game in my mind. Yeah. I did not really. They they okay. do share the same like uh, DNA. Yeah. Uh, they're very funny. They're very witty. Oh great great writing. And but Thousand Year Door is eleven out of ten game. Perfect pacing. It's one of those. It might be the best, in my opinion, mm. and this might sound crazy, next to Super Smash Bros. Melee, it might be the best Nintendo GameCube game. Mm, I would uh, agree. I would agree. It's just because, perfect pacing. It was so yeah. funny throughout, and but, I just ate that game up as, as when I was younger. Ooh, I, I recently just finished Paper Mario on my Switch, 
do the emulation thing. Yeah. Um, and Paper Mario is one of those games I, I've loved all the way up to the Super Paper Mario. When Super Paper Mario came out, I was in on it, and it was still good. Yeah. But after that, the series kind of I'm with you. Off. Super Paper Mario still liked, but then, like, after that, I was, I was yeah. out. Sticker Star, stunned. Yeah, awful. Was terrible. There was a game that they announced that I was so excited about. I'm pulling it up. What's yeah. it called? Okay, I was so excited. Well, you guys will know what it is, but the date threw me. So this was in what? This happened at the beginning of September? Yeah, yeah middle of September. I thought it was like the 15th. So they pull up Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. Yep. Yeah. And I was excited. I was like, okay, I think one right now, you can play it, uh, emulate, or you can get it on the Switch, I think. I think they released that, like the GameCube version. I have three, and it's like spooky season, so they announced two, and I was like, awesome. It's coming out summer 24. Yeah, uh, people are like, I'm not, what I want to play taking, it now. S- yeah, why? Yeah, that should that be like a shadow drop situation. Yeah. What? I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, it just was a weird. I, I want to boot up Luigi's Mansion 3. I want to I want to get that. that, playing that. I will say that. I was going to do that last year. I was, yeah, I was going to do that last year and didn't, but I think I want to boot that up this year. Let, this let me ask a- you a question, Zach. You just played Tomb Raider. If you hadn't just played it, would you not be more excited for that remaster? It no. looks cool no but you just played it so it's easy for you to say you're not interested you literally no i i still want to i still i still want to play two and three but i don't want to play this like reskinning of it because i don't care about a reskin on a ps1 game remake it and yeah i'm in like day one but like they literally just changed the skins on a ps1 game it just kind of looks the same you don't have a ps1 that's the only way to play this game a lot of people can't play that game today if they don't have a ps1 yeah so like i'm all for this i don't i don't get your point i think i think it's just one of those things where like it doesn't appeal for zach because zach doesn't yeah. really like he's not into the remasters right now well no i well not only that it's just it if you're going like i'll even show an example in that series they remade the first game already and they called it tomb raider anniversary that game mm-hmm. rules. That game was fun. That it took what we already knew. Whatever, do that to two and three, please. But they just took that original thing and slapped this ugly, like, uh, style on that PS One game, and it it plays the same. You still have the same tank controls. I'll just play the old one that I really like that looks good. Yeah, like you just if it was like much nicer looking, would you? be it, into that if it so was that it's not if it was, it was like a mobile game yeah if it was much nicer and kept it, it was kind of similar to combat evolved in which way i was like this doesn't look appealing i don't know like got it that's got where it. i'm at that makes sense it. have okay can, i'm gonna ask you guys this and i don't know how have you guys looked into nintendo's game voucher people were before? talking about that when tears of the kingdom came out because it made sense if you were going to buy another game it was cheaper it ended up being cheaper like you pay so yeah you save $20 when yeah. you buy the voucher. Yeah. And then you purchase the games via the voucher. Um, but I was like, uh, this is like the first I've actually heard of it. But apparently you can buy Super Mario RPG, which is going to be a $60 game, using the voucher. And you'll eventually, you'll essentially get $50, uh, $10 off on it. Um, but then you have to buy another game with it. So I was just kind of like curious if you guys have heard of it because it's kind of like. I a, have, but I'll never use it because I'm physical, baby. I'm the physical king. I've all oh, I've I have switched completely to digital. <laughs> me I, too. I can't. I can't. They'll have to. It, they have to pull me kicking back. and screaming. No. It's I think it's gonna be physical forever. 
I've changed. Yeah. I've okay. changed. We're well, gonna who go else back had to a phone. direct. Sony had a direct. Sony did have a direct. I did not watch this thing. I'm scrubbing it right now. Um, you're getting the 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 uh, what's it called? Spark Notes what's version. Stuck, yeah, it's yeah. Part, what stuck out to you? Uh, um, they did Final Fantasy, right? Final Fantasy VII Rebirth was their big announcement. Then I can't remember what else they showed actually. Outside, I'll give you the rundown. That was the they only. They showed Baby Steps, Roblox, Ghostbusters, Rise I've of the Roblox. Lord, Roblox. Resident Evil 4 DLC. Oh, yeah, that, that came out. Avatar looks cool. Avatar it did look cool. Uh, Ghost Runner 2, Deep Earth Collection, Helldivers 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2. Cannot wait. Kai. I'm so ready for that game. Uh, Foam Stars, Fantasy, Final Fantasy. Okay, yeah. so have you guys looked at the Foam Stars? Yeah, it looks fun. People said it's, they played it's it. Spl- and it's Splatoon. It's their but Splatoon, but... On Sony. Yeah, I, I, you can kind of form a landscape with the phone. Yeah, I yeah. wanna, I will definitely check that out. But seven Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth, we finally got a date. They, uh, I don't know if they had announced it already for next year. I can't remember. I think it was supposed to be this year, and they pushed it back. I can't remember. But it's coming Sorry. out February of next year, and uh, looks. Oh, I haven't and watched this trailer. I'm looking at it now, though. This I, I started to watch it and I turned games. away because, like, yeah. it's just candy, candy for the eyes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it gonna just, be really good. It's gonna be really good. And and I'm playing 16 right now. Maybe we can dip into that a little bit. We'll go in and out. I know we have other new stuff to talk about, but yeah. I'm playing 16 when I had a millisecond this uh, month to play it, and I'm just disappointed in it. It's just a uh, kind of a booty game um i'm gonna keep playing it i might sell it i might keep playing it i don't know what i'm i'm just in between on this game i i think the thing is i've oh i beat like every final fantasy uh there's a mosquito flying around my head but um i I beat every final fantasy and i want to kind of see this series through and see how they develop as each game goes along but i i I don't know about this one i'm not really connecting with it um but I think the biggest thing while I'm playing it, I keep thinking back to Final Fantasy VII Remake. The game looked better, and it played better than this game. It, it just was more fun of a battle system, more engaging of characters, and I liked the party and all the stuff and and the story. And in this one, it just hasn't grabbed me. And I'm like, I, but I played something better. That's been the worst part, is this game has still felt like a PS4 game. Yeah. Uh, and not a PS5 game. At some points, a PS3 game. Um, but the, and I'm just so excited for freaking rebirth because I just think that's an, that's an amazing battle system. They said they were like, did you change the battle system? Is there new stuff? And they were like, we added this, I think there's like a synergy system or like you can like yeah. join and do battle stuff with your other party members. But it sounds like it's similar cause it just rules. I love the battle system. It feels so good. Like when things link up and get uh, a good thing going, but, uh, yeah, very excited for that. Got to get those new figures. That Kate Sith, that's going to be on my shelf. You already know it. Um, I'm real excited for this game, man. I want to go back and uh, do the DLC for 7. Yeah, I, I did the DLC. It was really good. I think there's a deal right now. If you guys are digital, you can like buy re- or pre-order Rebirth, and I think it comes like you can play the intermission thing right now or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay, I should do that. I think it like gives um, it to you or something. That. Yeah. You can't do that on the Xbox, though. 
No. And the reason why, well, if you haven't heard, Xbox had a giant leak. And they're not planning on buying Sony. Wait, hold on. I'm calling that. What? Yeah. That segue makes no sense. <laughs> it does. Wait. It does. It does. Wait, it, makes it makes total sense. What? Listen, <laughs> you can't play Final Fantasy on the Xbox. And you found out in the leak, they are not trying to buy Sony. They want to buy Nintendo. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to let it go so we can move on with the show. That was the worst segue of all time. <laughs> Sony, does, they're trying to buy Sony. Okay. Xbox had a leak. Go for it, yes. Jacob. So they had a lot of things leak. Can we talk about what happened? Like how this leaked? It's like next so, system. Well, it's, well, no, well, it's more. Yeah. It was like 400 documents. They okay. So did you guys look into how this happened? They I, they act, okay. it was Microsoft that accidentally gave them so the stuff, so right? Microsoft has to upload all the documents into a portal for their um like all their legal proceedings yeah. for all this stuff that's been going on. Well, what happened was all of the stuff got uploaded properly as individual PDFs. Like, here's an email uploaded as a PDF, redacted, redacted, redacted. So all of the files were uploaded. Everything was redacted. It was good. In Included in the package was a single PDF with all 400 things in it not redacted. And it got uploaded to a legal server and it got out immediately. So, like, they did all the redacting, but then also uploaded. So, so there were leaks in here about the system, leaks in here about uh, emails, leaks, like, chat, like, Microsoft Teams chats. Of yeah. Things. So, I don't know where you guys want to start. There was a lot of interesting you stuff. You know Let's what? About can, can we first talk about, like, because I've sent important business <laughs> emails before. I, like, sit there and I, like, get kind of crazy with it. Like, I will click the attachment to make sure stuff's getting, like, what I'm sending or a video or sending whatever. And I'll check it. Like, what's the attach? Where does that link go? Make sure it doesn't go to TikTok. I copy-pasted the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Like, when it's yeah. a big thing. Mm-hmm. These, this email that they had to, like, send to the whatever. It's a portal. Maybe, it's like you drag attachments in. Maybe Phil Spencer should have been in charge of that email. You know what I mean? But this had to have been like somebody in the communications department. But I feel like legal person. this yeah. yeah, I would be sitting with the legal person on that. If you have that high stakes of information, you know what I mean? Like what happened? Like cuz I can I, I mean I, I know people are busy I, and they have other I'll jobs. I'll tell you but, what probably happened. Man. I'll tell you cuz I've I've I work at a company where we bought multiple companies and been through this this legal process. So when you're acquiring a company, you go through the diligence process and there's a portal that gets set up and there's always the two entities, the two companies, maybe their parent companies, and then there's a law firm that is in charge of the deal. Okay. So they are asking questions of the company that's to be acquired, they're asking questions of the company that's trying to do the acquisition, and basically there's all these requests for different documents and the different parties you know, give that over to those legal groups through those portals. Somebody either in Microsoft's legal team or in that third party legal team did not get the memo. And what I bet happened was there was a folder with like all the things that need to be, you know, rolled out and redacted and some poor intern or paralegal probably took all the things redacted them, but left the original file in the folder. And then somebody grabbed that folder and uploaded it. It's just an administrative bizarre error but this is like 
there's no way this didn't damage certain relationships that Microsoft oh. had. There's no way this didn't damage their image a little bit in, as far as Xbox. Yeah. I think everybody had a little bit of egg on their face. Some of the chats and the emails, it's not like evil, but it's just very like, I think Phil Spencer comes out a little worse for wear on this. Yeah. He project, he projects such an image of, Hey, I'm for the gamers. I'm for this. When you see his emails, he's not evil, but the way he talks about things is just so, um, you know, like the, the interaction about buying Nintendo, I will say in fairness. So that's an interesting email. There's an email before the one he sent, which is, have we thought about buying Nintendo? It's like some board member person. Hey, have we thought about buying Nintendo? So when you think about it from that lens for Phil Spencer, it's like, well, he's talking to the board. If you're talking to the board, you don't want to say that's a stupid idea because they literally are the only reason you have a job. Uh -huh. But he entertains it to like such a degree. Like, I think, that, you know, we are waiting on them to realize that their future is off of their own hardware. Yeah. And it's like. Meanwhile, like they're destroying you in hardware sales. Like it just, you look stupid. Now, how much of that is he's just saying this because that's what the board wants to hear? I don't know. But that was just one of a billion examples of just weird tone deaf type email. Yeah. Things. So that was a weird one. But that's a, that's an incredible leak. Like it showed, it talked about the it, next yeah, so Xbox and. That was an all digital two terabyte Xbox. Um, it's going to be trash crazy. Can. It looks like a trash can, but it's four ninety nine. And then they talked about their new update for their Xbox Series uh, S, but would just increase storage, better RAM, uh, different things like that. But the thing that is the meat and potatoes, in my opinion, is that new controller. Did you guys see anything? It's got it's got tilt stuff finally because they never had tilt stuff. Tilt, but also, it ha here's the thing: the tilt is so cool, but it has the wake. When you lift the controller, it wakes. Up, I think that's cool. Which like, that is like screw pressing a button. We're past that now. We're past that. Um, I want to pick up the controller. It knows what I'm doing. Yeah. So like, it was ugly. Means... It looks ugly, but it. See, I like cool. the two tone. I like that. I think it's cool. I think it's different. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's different. I like it. I have to think about no, that. No, you more. can like it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think they're trying to just continue to put controller options out because there's so many companies who are putting controller options out, and they're just trying to be ahead of it. Um, in my opinion. Uh, but no, I thought like everything that came out, yeah, it sucks. But in terms of roadmaps, it just, you, people have to understand these companies are planned out for the next five, six, seven years on things they want to accomplish. It doesn't mean it's to a T, but like I'll double down on people like Nintendo. Where's the Switch Pro? Like, where, like, there's stuff that, like, we just want to hear about and they're not giving to us. What made Xbox. it even funnier was they said they tried to uh, save face a little bit. I don't know if you saw that tweet or Spencer or somebody said it and was like, hey, oh, um, yeah. Um, you know, you know, we're saddened by this leaking, you know, obviously. But he was like, but, you know, of plans, uh, he made it seem like of plans that we've moved on or old plans. And it was like, this was three months ago. So it's like you did not change in three months. Like this is all actually legit. And like, well, well, the, the one, the, the thing of the next generation was a year and a half old. Okay. Then yeah. well, then maybe there was some other stuff people were saying. I was like, no, there's no way this could be changed. Maybe it was that. Cause like, how are you going to, how much are you, of a console are you going to change in a year? Like that stuff has to be, yeah, probably, I, I, that has to be far exactly. along. That's far along. Yeah. 
I, I agree. No. I, the one thing that stuck out to me. So number one, they're eyeing 2028 for next gen, which I welcome. Hey, give me another five years. We yeah, that's fine. 2028 is fine. Yeah. I feel like this generation is just starting this year. So like yeah. I, there's no rush. But the other thing is um, there was some really interesting like like released information where they were asking Phil Spencer about um, the future of Xbox and they showed him like this chart of like Game Pass growth. And he was like, if that's the way it grows, and it was like, it was outpacing what's even happening today. He's like, if that's the way it grows, Xbox will probably not exist anymore. It has to exceed that. And basically he said, he was like, our future is really gonna be in our our Game Pass model and in our software offering. We'll keep making consoles, but honestly, we want we want more people to just get us through the subscription. And I just think that's interesting. I think they need to keep, pushing on the tv direct thing like i got a samsung tv i downloaded the xbox act to the samsung tv i have a controller that bluetooth hooks up to the tv and like my wife plays power wash simulator just on the tv like yep. she her mind was blown she's like there's no xbox like there's no xbox even over wi-fi it works great they need to keep making more deals like that with mm. tv makers that's got to be the way that they go because if they need Game Pass subscribers, they need to not liberate it off of just who buys an Xbox. They've got to make yep. that happen. Um, so I don't know. It was kind of interesting. Um, it was an interesting leak. Although there's a great copy pasta, at least for me, at least out of this, which is when they announce when the Sony announced the PS5, he released an email to his team, and basically it was like we have better hardware, blah blah blah. But like the email started said today was a good day for Xbox because <laughs> <laughs> he was basically saying like we have a better console than the PS5 that they just got announced, which I don't necessarily think that. But uh, <laughs> I just kept saying that today is a good day for Xbox <laughs> when this leak came out. And then when he sent an email to all the teams about the leak, that email leaked, which I thought was really funny too. So, but it reminds uh, me of uh, it's a good day. Yeah. Fl- all is good in Flashland. Well, speaking of all is good, uh, I'm happy at this news because I wasn't a fan of the direction he seemed to be taking things, although I think it's bigger than any one person. Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan's gone. Done. Done. I don't. Everything that came out for four. I don't think he's been in this role for four years. He's had that blew my mind. He's had to made some good decisions, but every single thing that came out about this guy was not good. Um, there was Does like, it feel like he's been running PlayStation for four years? That no. blew my mind. No. I remember when he what, came. What on. is the defining part of his era? He ran it for four years. Uh, uh, the PS5 Horizon cool for Ben West. Yeah, good riddance. Um, I have no clue. Uh, yeah, I have no clue. But yeah, goodbye. I. I don't know. Their plans for this gen seem to be mostly set. I think he was out of date, out of touch to put some specifics. You were saying he, everything he said, So he was the one that said, people don't want to play older games. Like people don't want. So like, that's why we shouldn't have backwards compatibility. He was the one saying that, that we should have to pay upgrade fees at the beginning Uh of the generation. And basically paid the, I think he's a lot of the reason why we have this hey, cool crap still on the PS5 where there's a PS4 version of the app and a PS5 version of the app and yeah. they both download side by side. That shit does not happen on Xbox. Yeah. It's one app. Yeah. And and that, that crap drives me crazy. I think that goes back to him. His leadership has been the one saying we're going to go all into live service and all this. I don't know that they can pivot out of that. I don't know that they plan to. 
thanks for your service, Jim. Thanks, Mark, you, thanks well, for your service. Mark, whoever, whoever the guy they had before was a lot better. Sean yeah. Layden. Sean Layden. He yeah. was a lot better. I like Sean a lot. Yeah, let's. He works for Tencent now. Be careful how much you like him. <laughs> Buy Nintendo. <laughs> uh, Starfield came out. Yes, yes. It did. Who's played it? I've played like 10 hours of it. Okay. I've installed it twice, so Microsoft <laughs> has to pay 20 cents for me, but I haven't played it. I need him to step up and be willing to say thank you. You played it. You talked about it last month. Are you still liking it? Uh, I haven't played it since then. <laughs> so no okay, new updates. Quick. Okay, quick. Starfield, off the chart. Nothing else no, to say I, about it's, it's been fine. It's just I haven't had time. There Are you planning it. to play it soon, Travis? Like next podcast you might talk about it? So my month right now has been focused on cleaning up some of my indies, and I want to play spooky games. That's oh, okay. just the mood I'm in. You so can mod Starfield, it and put like a pumpkin head instead of an astronaut. Starfield and Armored Core and even Cyberpunk just do not fit where I'm at right now. I'm not chasing the year I will play these games. You're chasing the mood, not the games. I'm chasing the mood. Yeah, I I just I'm not going to make myself sit down and play. So those all feel like November things way more than they feel like October things. So I've not been playing any of that stuff. Um, But it seems like people are having a great good old grand time with it i will say hearing the discourse about how awesome the new cyberpunk stuff is and knowing how much i like cyberpunk i'm debating of if i should probably play starfield first a lot of people that are playing cyberpunk right now are like man cyberpunk starfield's cool but cyberpunk really kicks the doors off of it and so i'm kind of like maybe i go play starfield first and then Mm. enjoy that and then go play star uh, cyberpunk in like december or something like that so no i'm not playing any of that are you playing any of that or anything else jacob or zach uh what's a video game i think uh, i think okay. you got the floor for the rest of this here but yeah, I'm, i mean i, I, I did mean, say right. i did say i laughed at his list because there's a all right yeah it was ridiculous. there's there's it's some crazy. funny names in here well, right. Let's keep the spooky mode. Let's keep the spooky mode. Vampire Survivors. Some of these are spooky. Some of these are from before that. Yeah, Vampire, Vampire Survivors. That's a spooky. Power. Vampire Survivors is just, it is crack cocaine. It is the most unbelievably just fun game. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. I beat it. Um, I, I just it survived. I just could not stop playing <laughs> that game. It does the perfect thing where the first it took me probably 12 hours to like fully finish it, maybe 15. Um, the first time you clear a level may take you an hour or two to kind of wrap your head around. Cause it's kind of tricky and you don't really know what you're doing. Then you just are building cracked out crazy builds. You're beating the, you know, the level every time you go. And that's the, the, the gameplay loop I like with a, it's not really a roguelike, but with a run based games, I like a game where it takes you a little bit of time to figure it out. And then once you do, it's just building all these different builds and having so much fun. That's how Hades was. I was yeah. like, I don't know. Can I do this? And then once I beat it once, I beat it all seven times with all seven weapons and had all different crazy builds. So the thing I like about Vampire Survivors is it's just one 30-minute level, and then you beat that level. Mm-hmm. You don't have to beat the levels in sequence. You don't have to like beat seven levels in a row or something like that. That's why it's not really a roguelike. It's more like a horde mode. Like, yeah. You just got to survive, and then if you survive, you beat the level, and then um, it's just the items you unlock, the variety, 
Um, I used every item uh, and the achievements in that game are so like built into the game. And as you unlock things, you unlock more achievements to unlock more. Every achievement unlocks an item and then that item has achievements with it. So it's just this cascading like ah, I could do one more run. And if I do this run, I could do this and this and this and use this character unlock like seven achievements. And so you're like trying to roll through and like get all 129 achievements um, and none of them are like something impossible you know they all seem attainable and fun like survive with this person for 10 minutes and uh, get this item uh, fully leveled up in a run and do this so um had a great time with it um i got the dlc i'll play it at some point but vampire survivors is a two thumbs up awesome fantastic very fun game nice very cool jacob you would like that game a lot uh i'm sure i would don't have time yeah um okay i really wish i did so after that, I have just some different games I've been playing on my Steam Deck, like just little indie games. I sorted my backlog at one point, like last year, by like how long it takes to beat the games. And I had like 30 games that were under five hours. So I've been kind of churning through some of those. Um, I played a game. I haven't played a walking simulator in forever. And there's one <laughs> I had still never played. We were talking, Zach. It's super old. Like 2012. It's the first, the first uh, walk simulator I ever played. One of the first yeah, I'd heard he, about, people talked about back from back then. Yeah. So it's called Dear Esther. Um, neat little game. It's made by the Chinese room who made one of my least favorite games of all time. <laughs> um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Oh, yeah, that was their next one. Beautiful yeah. art style for that game. And everything else was just... Um, not my cup of tea. Uh, one of the worst, like it just had no pacing, no direction. I love walking simulators. I love Edith Finch. I love Gone Home. I like Firewatch. Um, I like Vanishing of Ethan Carter. This redeemed that company a little bit for me. They have a third game coming out soon. Uh, the name is escaping me, but um, I did not like their second game. So I went back and played this first game. It is like an hour, yeah, an hour and 20 short. minutes. And I liked it. It's narrated, so you're walking around an island. Um, it reminded me of the island in um, The Last Jedi, oddly enough. Like, <laughs> it's just Skellige kind of, you know, yeah. very atmospheric. There's a beautiful section that's, like, in these crystal caves. Crystal caves, caves. I yeah, I remember that, yeah. Very, still looks really cool. And, uh, and a memorable movies. ending. Yeah, my only hang-up with this game is it does something that really annoys me i like the ending the ending itself is cool and uh the little story i like the way it tells its story there's narration yeah. and it's like kind of like you're talking about the history of an island and the narrator's kind of talking about a personal experience it it was kind of cool to me it was memorable um and it was interesting the ending of this game though does something that it, they were so close to perfection they were so not i wouldn't think it's a perfect game. they're so close to something so good you're walking the whole game. There's no cutscenes. There's no anything. You're controlling the character. And when you get to this ending, this whole game is like you're going towards this radio tower. And when you get to the radio tower, they take control away from you. And you you just watch the character climb up the tower and do something that they're going to do. And I just was like, be bold. Like, make the player climb up the tower and make them stand there like, I don't know what to do and realize what you need to do and do it. 
Um, don't I don't take remember control. I don't remember them taking control for that. They I thought, take control I away. I did the thing at the end. Spoilers for a 50-year-old game. Yeah, spoiler. You, the character jumps off the tower. And to me, like, there's not a lot of gameplay. Like, the, the player, that's not having faith in your play. The player was going to figure it out. Oh, I'm supposed to jump. You know I, what I mean? I thought I did. Um, I can't remember and, that. Huh? But no, you, you, you lost get control to the bottom of the tower and they take control, but it stays first person and they climb. Maybe I just kept pressing and up and thought I was playing. Survey. Yeah, no, but then you get up there and it's like more cinematic and then they jump. And I just, that part falls flat to me. Like it was just like a kind of, and I'm nitpicking, but like, dude, it's an hour game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I can nitpick. Like, it's yeah. just like, I don't know. Have some faith in the I, player. I, I, still I think, liked it because you know, when you hit you hit the ground, it goes black <laughs> and you can still hear the world. They don't turn the sound off. Did you hear did you realize that or whatever? You could still hear the the sound. Yeah. That's not what happened in my playthrough. Oh really? At all. I I, ju- jumped, I jumped and, off and it went black and then I I could still oh, hear the like Your the, game crash. You didn't see the end of this game. You need to go look this up. You start going towards the bottom and then you arc back up and you fly all the way around. What? <laughs> it doesn't go black. He's laughing so hard he's, he can't be picked up by his mic. <laughs> you like fly like I around. have not known that since I fly around. Dude, I literally hit that ground, I hit that cement and it goes black. And then no. it didn't say game over or anything. I just kept hearing birds chirping and stuff. I just fly around. I just shut. I had to shut the game off. Like I had to like quit it. And I thought that was it. I was like, that's interesting ending. Like, okay. Well, maybe I need to do a deeper dive because there are ending. early. So there's. I have the landmark version, and maybe the earlier version the player does do it themselves. It's like yeah. crashes or something, and maybe the new one is why they take control. I don't know. Well, all that being said. Maybe it aged poorly that up. you just jump off and commit suicide. Maybe they changed it. Well, all that being said, I did want to look into more because I see this developer has kind of an antagonistic like presence on um, on like social media. I don't know. Like they get very upset when people critique their games. Hey, I don't know if they'll watch this, <laughs> but um, they get very defensive about mm. their games. I think it's a small kind of team. But I was like, okay, what have they done? They've got a new game coming out. It's getting a ton of coverage in the games media. Do you know the name of I it? I always heard about Dear Esther. It's something with an oil rig. I always heard about Dear Esther. I always heard about that we've always gone, or everybody's gone to the rapture. But, like, no one talks about these games now. I just heard about them when they came out. So I looked these games up. Dear Esther, you know how there's, like, Reddit communities for yeah. games? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dear Esther, guess how many people are part of the Dear Esther Reddit community? I know it's an old game. How many? I mean, just guess. Like, it's a walking simulator. Like, it's uh, so fairly uh, well-known game. A thousand. Seventy-two. Ninety. Ninety. Oh, oh you're close. And then I looked up. Everybody's gone to the rapture, and I I don't want to misquote, but it was like twelve people. And then I went to their game, like uh, the Chinese room. I went to their Reddit, and it's fifty-two members. And it's like a 10-person team, and I just don't really know. Like, I looked up on SteamDB. These games do not have, like, I was the only person playing Dear Esther. And I know it's older, but, like, these games do not get a lot of traction. 
Like there's zero people. I know it's like an hour long game. So still like still wakes I'm the deep. Wondering... Still wakes the deep is the new thing. It's psychological horror. Yeah, I, I I guess what I'm struggling with is like their lifetime player counts on these games. Like it's 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 only got five thousand reviews on Steam. I just thought these games were more um, played than they are. Mm. They're the Chinese room games. Dear mm. Esther, these. For how much people talk about them, I think some Let's Plays probably went viral and helped these pop off, but I don't know. I'm not trying to kick them while they're down. I mean, I'm a big walking simulator guy, and I just would say this one was all right. I did like this one better. Their other second game I wasn't into, and I'm I'm a fan. I want more walking simulator games, but I don't know. They just don't have the following that I would have thought. So still wakes the deep. Maybe I'll check out the reviews. They've got 22,000 followers on on Twitter or X or whatever. So that must be their community is more on X. Twitter, yeah. X. I don't know. Maybe they're Twitter, on the X. I don't yeah. know. You just, you just, you, you typically can find a community for these games and it's just kind of odd to me. So I don't know. That's, uh, that's dear Esther. Um, so then I played some really off the beaten path. So, Mad Father um, is the one that made me laugh. You guys know about a game that I played called Deserted, the story of Peter. <laughs> I would say Mad Father is a little more well-known than that. You can still buy it, but it's off the beaten path. If you look up this game, yeah, I'm Mad looking Father. It up. Is it a, uh, it's a, what is this kind of game? Is this a It, it a looks novel? like it would be a visual, visual novel, novel, but it's yeah. not. It's not. It's it's like an RPG maker kind of like you walk around. Okay. It's... Um, I don't even know how to explain. I just, I don't know what happened like five years ago. I just started buying weird stuff on Steam, like that I could find for a dollar. So this is one of those games. Mad Father is like a little kind of top down um, game where like pixel based game where you are a little girl in a mansion and your dad has a uh, room in the basement and like an assistant lady and, a, and, and your mom is dead and you sneak down there and your dad is torturing the crap out of people like buzzsaw in them mad and whipping them and all sorts of mad father. He's a mad father, mad, bad. And father. so you're like shocked by this cause you're a little girl. Yeah. That's shocking. And so your dad finds out that you saw this, but then this guy comes in the castle or the whatever and starts trying to capture your dad and so basically you're alone in this big mansion and there's like ghosts and there's weird. It's kind of like a puzzle box game where like you find an item and then you find a code and then you find a thing and then you use this thing. So it's not the most complicated gameplay, but nice little environmental puzzles where you're kind of getting pieces and then trying to figure out how to unlock the next room and stuff. Um, it's kind of janky. It's kind of goofy. It's creepy, very creepy. There's weird, you know, it's a Japanese developer, I think, so there's weird little jump scares and stuff. But it's just this kind of cult little indie horror game. It has a crazy ending, an insane ending that did stick with me. You care if I spoil Spo that? I spoil it. So at the end of the game, you know, there's all these dolls in the house. Yeah. And they are like, they are basically like hollowed out people that yeah. were turned into dolls. And this little girl is like, well... I love my dad, even though he does this stuff. And so like at the end of the game, you have to decide to like save your dad or not save your dad. And I was like, I don't know. Like, do I save this guy? I mean, I don't know. This other guy seems bad, you know? So I was like, I don't know. I'll save my dad. Will you save him from like this interdimensional thing where this thing's trying to kill him? 
and he starts chasing you around the castle. I was about to say, you're like, the next okay, doll. Hold on. I, so I'm trying to find the way out. And then the assistant girl, you find her and he kills her and she's trying to help you. And I'm like, this isn't looking good. And, and you get like a chainsaw and you try to fight him off. It doesn't work. And he finally like knocks you out. And he, and then there's a cutscene like you're on his table and he turns you into a doll. Oh my god! And then the ending of the game is the dad is looking at all his dolls and looking at you and like saying how Should've good you saved look. dad. And 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 like, but then I looked at the other ending. The other ending, the assistant girl kills you and turns. Both endings are bad. You you end up a doll either way. Yeah. So um, that's Mad Father. I saved you a, a playthrough. Um, I don't know. I, deserted story of Peter, Mad Father. These little RPG maker goofy games, they they amuse me. I, I don't know what to say. They're funny. Like they're two and a half, three hours long. Walk around. You read some weirdly, oddly translated stuff, but they're fun. They're yeah. funny. Um, I don't know that I need 100 of these in my life, but they're good little palate cleanser, goofy games where I can honestly say you don't know what's going to happen. And I kind of like that. You have no idea. But when you get stuck it's you're stuck you yeah. like <laughs> you're really trying to figure out how do i how do i do this um so yeah mad father um okay i played another indie game this one's not as low budget called there is no game wrong dimension heard about this game on a after, podcast after the peter game a few years yeah after the peter game there is no game wrong dimension is tough for me um i gotta look this one up too I I liked it and I had fun with it. The best part of this game was playing it kind of side by side with my wife. You know, she didn't stay with me the whole time I was playing it, but we had fun. Um, basically, the way I heard this game pitched and how it actually plays out were kind of different. Mm. I heard about this on a podcast and they're like, yeah, this game's crazy. Like, there's no set genre. Like, it's always changing. And I've always thought that's a cool idea for a game. Like, yeah. oh, it's a point and click, and then it's an RPG, and then it's a shooter, and then it's this. So I bought this game kind of, and they were like, don't look up anything. It's better to not look up anything. So I bought this game, like, expecting a lot of gameplay diversity. Yeah. And basically the plot of the game is you start the game, and they're like, well, there is no game. And there's this narrator, and he's, like, toying with you, and it's kind of point and click, and he's, like, hiding buttons from you and trying to click things. You, he brings his cursor over. you got to grab his cursor, and, like, it's very meta. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. Like, the beginning is very, like, point and clicky. And then the next section of the game, it's kind of in chapters, is like a Pajama Sam, Spy Fox kind of point and click type adventure, like a play mm. on that. So I was like, ooh, this is cool. Where I started to get kind of like, hmm, is the next kind of chapter is like a Zelda style thing. And I was like, ooh, cool. But it's still point and click. You're pointing and clicking things, and then the Zelda character moves himself around. Yeah. And then like I heard like, oh yeah, and then it becomes a free-to-play game, but it's also still point and click. It's point and click the whole way. And that's fine. But I had this game hyped up in my head of like, I'm going to get to do all these different things. And then when I went and looked at the store page, they do say in there, even though when you just look at the gameplay, it looks like other gameplay styles, they underlined like eight times. They're like, please be aware, this is a point and click game. But if you just look at gameplay, you wouldn't see that necessarily from parts of it. You would kind of, it looks more like a... Uh, Jacob, you know what he would like because of what he was expecting? It takes two. 
takes two. Yeah. Because I, I think start... I do need to play it takes and two. And I would play I that. Pl I'd play it with your wife. I'd play it with I start, Jess. I started, playing with, like that. I started playing with Maya yeah. recently. Did you? Um, yeah, so... just because it was funny. Yeah, and, and that is something that's appealed to me about that game, and I will check that out. So I think that'll that, scratch your itch. That, that will and I that. will say the gameplay was clever. It was very clever. The puzzles were interesting. Like You would grab parts of the UI, and like there was a part where there's a game characters on a screen, and then you go behind the TV, and you can see what's behind them on the screen if you take the panel off. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of really cool creative things that happen. Other thing with the game is... I was mixed on the writing. It It is a funny game, and parts of it were funny and made us laugh. Parts of it are very on the nose, where it's like, I don't even know what the joke is. Like, there's a part where it's like ads for other games, and it's like super cold. And he keeps saying like super, like super hot, like yeah. super yeah, yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I it's like, like yeah, and like some of them were funny, but then some of them were like, I mean, you just you just reverse the thing. Like, it's not even like you know what I mean. I guess and so more the, there was more like the one meme. that, yeah, yeah. But like, there was a lot. Like as you go through the game, the narrator is like, "Oh, these types of games, this always happens," and that is funny. But like every scene, that's what he says. Oh, in this type of game, this always happens. Oh my gosh! And it's like. So it had like your mileage would vary with yeah. the writing. I think I was kind of getting the point I, when I got to the end of the game, they go super meta and like, it's like live, it's like FMV and like the creator of the game is like on a video screen, like in his office making the game and you're trying yeah. to, and it's just like, I was like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. So, um, yeah, there is no game. If anything I'm describing sounded cool to you, I would recommend it. If you think that sounds like, um, cringe or a lot of work don't don't play it uh, you know what i mean i i thought it was cool like three out of five i had fun the best part was kind of like laughing at parts with my wife i like the earlier chapters better yeah. than the later ones but that's there is no game nice all right all that out of the way i am <laughs> playing a game right now that i am absolutely I heard loving. about this through the grapevine from somebody else. absolutely loving i'm playing alan wake have you guys ever played Alan Wake? Our no. our uh, our um, mutual friend said that I need to play this, and then he said you were liking it a lot. So I think it's yeah, time. Yeah, I'm man. halfway through it. It's a six-episode game. Um, it is like a Stephen King novel meets Twin Peaks meets uh, – it's good Deadly Premonition. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like good game. Deadly it's like if deadly, like almost to a weird degree, like you know, in Deadly Premonition, when like you would get in the car and drive it around and yeah. stuff. There's parts of this game where you get in a car and you drive it around, and I'm like, this is like good Deadly Premonition. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. The thing that sold me with this game uh, is I love the tone. It's snappy. The pacing, the story is so fun and cool and interesting. I'm loving it. I the, it looks surprisingly good still for like an older game. Um, I was not expecting they really go all out with the visuals and like the scenic like landscapes and stuff. And it's fun. They don't like you know. There's no like dragging you along to things you don't care about. Um, it's a really good game. It's a little spooky. Um, it's fun. You know it. 
to an uncanny degree reminds me of Twin Peaks. Um, and what's weird is it reminds me of things in Twin Peaks The Return, mm-hmm. which is weird because this came out I'm about to five say, or six years before The Return. I'm about to Return. say that um, you were in a 2012 mood because I think every game you just talked about was 2012. Like DRS, Are you serious? Yeah. DRS, they're that wrong Ooh. game or this is not a game thing. Are you and serious? Al- and wow. Al- like 20- so whatever you were doing on Steam, you must have sorted by oh my 2012 gosh. release. Year. That's really weird. But but what I was going to say is there are things in this game that there's a very iconic scene in like a radio station in Twin Peaks The Return. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, there are these weird, like homeless looking, grimy, dirty people that like glitch in and out in Twin Peaks of the Return. And there are parts in this game with that happening oh, in shit. the game. And I'm like, did they have a time machine? Did they know like it? But I will say what I was worried about is, is it going to be like trying to rip it off? No, there's other influences here at play. But the stuff that is Twin Peaks, like it's gotten a, like a, like a, a smile out of me. Like mm-hmm. I like it. They're tipping the cap, but they're not like a girl was murdered. Yeah. And now like that, they're not doing that. Hmm. They're doing a totally different story. Um, yeah. But the, the tips of the cap and the things that are the same are cool. And then they take certain things where you think, Oh, there's an FBI agent. Maybe it'll be similar. And they take a hard left and it's like, no, like this will be completely different yeah. than um, what you saw in other media. So, Alan Wake is awesome. It's episodic in a in like a really um, cinematic's the wrong term because cinema isn't movies, but or get TV. But it's very um, like the episode starts like previously on Alan Wake, and it gets you all kind of ready to go, and then it always starts on some kind of a cold open or some kind of a cool thing from like the past or whatever, and then you're into some gameplay, and then it ends, and there's ending credits music every time, nice. and it's just like rad like it's like cool i played an episode now i'm gonna go do something else come back the next day play another episode so mm-hmm. Very alan cool. wake zach that is right i would imagine right down your alley i would highly recommend it to you okay. for sure i do want to check fun. that out it's maybe that might be uh it might be a new can i can i uh perfect put a, hangouts put a, put a, game put a, put a promo here hangouts coming back Hangouts coming, coming back. back. They're coming back. Um, I'm taking a vacation soon, so I don't drop dead. Um, but after that, uh, when I come back end of October, um, I'm going to come back, and we are going to maybe we'll play some Alan Wake. Maybe that might be yeah. on the on the docket. Every turn. The last I game I can remember time. playing that was like, man, I wish I would have played this sooner was Dead Space. That was how I felt playing Dead Space. Um, and I would, you know, and I, I mean, Dead Space, I'm not trying to say it's, this is as good as Dead Space. I really like it. I got to finish it. But I love when I find a game where it's like, I should have played that sooner. That's how much I like it. The last it. one um, for me, like, that was Xenogears. Xenogears was like, oh, yeah. why did that, why did I push that back so far? But, yeah. Cool. Video cool. games are done. So, and you know what time it is? The walkathon continues. We're not even done with Walking Dead. There's more Walking Dead. Recent podcast, maybe even the last one, we talked about Walking Dead, Dead City. I liked it. I enjoyed it. They announced season two of that. But the, the franchise must continue. And we got Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. 
Jacob, you've been watching Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon? No. Guess that, I guess that's a no. I, I didn't love like the Walking Dead series. Like, it wasn't that great to me. <laughs> um, so I've started to watch a third Walking Dead show. Um, this one stars Daryl Dixon. The you might have you might have seen him in Death Stranding before, but this so this series opens this this whole new series, and he washes ashore because he was trying to leave on a boat and leave America and he washes ashore to France I'm watching all of these have that have an interesting concept to me the ones that's like I will I will see where that goes that that sounds fun to me but um, I'm liking it a lot so far um, he washes ashore ashore this is not I will say this is definitely my guilty pleasure. Um, I'm not telling you guys to go watch the new Daryl Dixon show, but I'm 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 just enjoying it. I like the changes to certain things, like what happened in France. You know, how did it? How did this like play out there versus we already got to see a million times in America with the original show? So we get to see that that was done really cool. Um, there's something different with the zombies here than it was in the original one. What I really actually like about Walking Dead zombies is that they are pretty standard. Like, they all yep. kind of act the same. And at one point, spoiler alert, towards the very, very end of the original series, they get a little, like, a tad bit smaller, and it, it just rocks the world of, of that world. You know what I mean? Like, versus, a like... A tad bit what? A tad bit different. Like... I'll oh. just spoil something like they're able to like, and this just sounds stupid, but it just totally changes the game plan of the characters. They're able to like climb by the end, like bear, mm. like some of them have variants, like there's variant new, ones that new can perk do in the perk tree. Yes. And I like that because like we're, I think maybe is it 28 days later or what's the one where they're like kind of very fast and running and like, kind yeah, of crazy 28 stuff. days later. And, I like The Walking Dead's more where it's like they're slower. It's like kind of a slow. It's more dreadful, like that they're getting closer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a slow build. Um, so when they have like these little variations, so this show has that too. Um, that they have. I'll spoil this new thing too, but only in episode one or two you see it. Um, they have like freaking like acid in their veins. They're like fricked up. So, like, one of them goes out to grab, like, Daryl and, like, burns the hell out of his arm. Like, it, like, it eats up his arm, like, right there. So, they have to act with these differently than they did the little ones in America yeah. and stuff. But um, I'm liking it. I think there's I've there's four episodes out. But Walking Dead, Daryl uh, Dixon. Don't know if I'd recommend it. But to the Walking Dead heads, I'm a deadhead. Gotta to those it. who care. And I'm glad Where's you care. What was Daryl's brother's name? Whoa, something just spooky, just haunted, fell off back there. Yeah, what the heck was that? Okay. Uh, his brother's name, I forgot his freaking brother's name, but he did not last uh, a couple episodes. Dude, I had markers on my whiteboard thing, and they were in the thing. They all just fell off. You said Daryl Dixon, and it happened. I wonder if that's like a, say, Candyman three what times. Maybe, heck? maybe you're in the Twilight Zone. Weird. Q-in I actually don't know what North. just happened. That was weird. Okay. Um, on. Uh, we've been watching 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. 
Um, I, it's so. What is the premise of that show? I hear people talk about it, but th- so, they swap. You get people you're going to marry. Uh, in 90 days, you have to choose if you're going to marry them. Is that how it is? Well, actually, no. It's people who are coming into the United States on a K-1 visa. <laughs> Basically, they have 90 days to get married or they have to go back to their country. Oh, my uh, gosh. So what happens is, oh is they, follow, they follow the story. Are these like war-torn countries? And they're like... Some of them are. Some of them are. Oh, my uh, They follow oh the story of people who fall in love over the internet or like, or they've met in some way. Oh, my god! And then they follow their love story to get married in 90 days. Like, they, they the couples are anticipating already getting married. They are just following them on their k1 journey <sighs> and you get to see all kinds of different things um <laughs> there was one i yes. kid you not it was the craziest thing ever um I, i'm not knocking hey look if anybody <laughs> who's watching this this is coming from a guy who is a christian but there was a guy on the season one who probably no more than 90 times mentioned that he was a mormon okay and he met a girl during his journey um, his mission, and he fell in love with this girl, proposed to her within two weeks while he was still on his mission, and then got her on the visa for her to come back to the country. And then about 30 days into the wedding planning, they shotgunned the wedding, moved it up, got married the next day because he was a Mormon and he couldn't resist temptation. And all of this is on television. And, um, yeah, that was their story. Right now there's a story of a, a girl who's 42 and a guy who's 25 um, from yeah. uh, Turkey. And it's their story about how he fell in love with her over the Internet. And she's a broke mom who has four kids, um, has been divorced twice, and they're trying to get married. And wow. that's their story. Now they have 90 days to get married. And I'm watching this, and I'm just like, this is, this is terrible. Like, well, I was about to say, like, the concept is just cracking me up because it is terrible. Oh, it's hilariously it's, it's, terrible. It's extremely terrible. But then, like, you have all these families who, like, these guys, like, they'll bring their dates so or they'll bring their fiancés, actually, to this barbecue. And then, like, they're like, wait, she's getting married cause she has, just because she wants a green card. And then it starts all that conversations. Yeah. And then it's like, this is super awkward. This is super bad. But this is super entertaining. And this is, like... That was like the era of reality TV where like you we were enjoying off of people's suffering. Like that's what it was. Like, yeah. Nostalgic was for the two thousands. A hundred percent. I thought for an embarrassing amount of time, every time people wrote down thirty day ninety day finance or fi- <laughs> fiance, I thought people were writing down ninety day finance. Me too. So I, I thought this was a show about helping people get their finances fixed. Close. Like, <laughs> For years. Well, for I some people that. it is. It's getting some people's finances correct. Yeah. Corrected. No, it's from the same people who do like the Thousand Pound Sisters. Like those kind of, like those things. You've uh, got a type of show, Jacob. I, no, honestly, it's whatever. Like it, it came because my wife was watching TikTok and she came across a story on TikTok about a couple. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounds insane. And then we found out it was on 90 Day Fiance and then we started watching it. Is this it on TLC? So, it's on uh, HBO. Okay. Wow. Thought yeah, it's this on is like TLC. It, it sounds like TLC. It's a TLC show. Like yeah, it's, it's up there. It's on Max. It's on Max. Yeah, it's on Max. Oh, yeah. Max. It's on Max, and you can talk about it on X. Well, I'm not talking. Comes- I'm not. I'm not naming those things. I'm always calling it HBO. I'm always calling yeah, it Twitter. Yeah. You can watch it, has- it on your Xbox Max. 
it has spurred into other conversations. Like now, I want to watch Love is like Love is on the Spectrum. I want to watch that. Um, I want to watch. Uh, was it Blind Love or something like that? Uh, what is it called? Um, Love is Blind. Love I want to watch blind. Love is Blind. But no, Love Love on the Spectrum. I heard was wild, like absolutely crazy, wild. Because they're following people who are on the spectrum, yeah, and trying to make the relationship work, and I'm just like, you've got a Netflix, type of show, man. No, Netflix is out of pocket for that, in my opinion. Like, yeah, that's a little, that's a little dicey. I don't it's know. Not, it's straight out of pocket, but now I want to watch it. Um, I, I did. I, well, I look forward to your review when you. I watch did it. finish BS High, um, all the way through. Oh, I, I watched all that. Oh, I should have talked. I did watch that. I watched BS you watched High. High. Yes, I watched it. Travis, yeah. did you watch? Bishop, Bishop Sycamore High, the documentary came out. Oh, BS High. I didn't watch it, no. No, oh, dude. So we, we can talk about that, yeah. Um, very, uh, <laughs> I will say that I almost got PTSD watching the show because there was somebody I worked with um, that was very similar to this man. And I'm watching the show and going, this is that person. Uh, it's just, just another slimy, just person that, you know what I mean? Just talks on both sides of his mouth and just very, just, you know, gung ho about stuff and getting people to whatever. And then like promising one thing and doing other stuff behind the scene to make it work and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I was laughing with him at times like, well, he made ESPN look really stupid. Like, they let him on there and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, you guys are idiots, too. You, like, didn't, like, where's the clearance for this stuff? So that was the one thing where it's like I was on the side. It was like, who says I can't do this? You know what I mean? Like That was his theme. The entire yeah. time, was like, no one told me I couldn't, so yeah. I did it anyway. All that stuff, I was on him. But then when the kids were like, yeah, he would always get us in a hotel and then bounce and not pay the hotel stuff, that was where I was like, I'm not with the guy. You know what I mean? It's like, you're just a shithead. But hey, no. when he did the stuff where it's like, well, that wasn't in the rule book. I like that kind of stuff because it's like, yeah, then no one says you can't do that. But Dude, well, well the funny thing was people said in response to that was like, yeah, because we didn't think anyone would fake being a high school like that. Didn't we didn't think we'd have to write that down. It's like you actually do. So, Dude, I think uh, the the hotel things were really scummy. Yeah, because, like, that stuff. You was have really 17 scummy. to 21 year olds who aren't really doing anything yeah um which is like in itself but i think the funniest thing out of all of it is at the end when they showed him what everyone had to say about him yeah oh my gosh dude like his reaction and i sit here i'm like how's this dude sleep at night like, yeah i, I just that's the I thing is it's so scummy like these kids were crying like the kids were yeah. like, crying and because they they wasted years of their life like prime time that they could have done something better. You know what I mean? Like, these but, are like, yeah, yeah. Juco. These are like two star, three star recruits who like, they want to make it over the hump to become D one athletes yeah. who have a shot to, and, and he straight took them and he just abused the mess out of every single one of them. Yeah. Abused them. And I, he made money. I will say, I will say too, they did have a point too where they were like, "Hey, these foot like football players and stuff in college, it's like you have your education and then you're also wanting them to play football." And they were like, "BS High, like Bishop Sycamore was just a thousand, like 
football with none of the education. And they were like, and I kind of saw his point. He was like, these other schools like do skate by as much as they can. And then you, it's mostly the football is the focus of some of these schools. You know what I mean? Like that's where, uh, you know, I agreed with him on a lot of stuff, but he's also a scumbag on a lot of, like you can still say like that guy was a scumbag. Yeah. Big time scumbag. Big time scumbag. He's just that person who's like, there's no rule about it or there's not a paper. I'm going to find a way to work around yeah. it. And that's um, the kind of stuff I do like. I do enjoy that. The we- the weaselness in me, I like that stuff. Cause like, hey, Josh, it's, in there. You gotta, it's a documentary I, I do recommend you check out. Yeah, I could get into that. That, that sounds was, fun. I did enjoy it, though. So I'm glad you got to watch that. But that that's it for me. Nothing else outside of the norm. The only other show that I watched, I know, Zach, you've been watching it. I think we had been close to the end last time and finished yeah. it is Twin Peaks The Return. Yeah. And we haven't finished our second run yet because uh, the movie. Oh, itself. really? So you, you beat us to the second. to Wow. Your end, yeah. Wow. I beat you on my new game when you were on New Game Plus. Yep. For what that's worth. <laughs> Good show. I, I is a totality. I mean, I mean, I, I, I like the return. Um, I enjoyed it, but just I just think of Twin Peaks as one gigantic thing, right? There's the original run, the movie, the return. Um, That's probably why they didn't even it. call it season three. It's been so res- yeah, separated. It's it, its own. It really doesn't. Um, it feels like a new show that has elements that pick up where that one left off. Yeah. And then towards the end of the show, it has a few nice, like more direct storytelling callbacks and, yeah. you know, kind of tie it. This does the weirdest thing where it ties a lot of stuff up and then it unties it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a really funny thing to do uh, after people waited for 30 years. Um, but I get the idea behind that. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I do. I heard someone make this point like a lot in a lot of ways. The return came out when a lot of these shows were getting revivals and I feel like there's a little bit of commentary indirectly on like, Hey, like some things can't be undone or some things like you can't get a happy ending or you can't, you know, yeah. uh, and there are good things that happen in the end of this, but there's just also interesting things Yeah, and it's very not definitive. And in that way, this feels like a continuation from Lynch's movies more than it does twin peaks the show um so i liked it a lot um i had a great time with it um i had you know i talked in the other podcast about the little hang-ups i had about certain things but uh it was it was a very complete work in the end and it was well worth it and uh yeah that's a really really good show i think it's up there in terms of universes for me now um i love that universe i love that world i think it shows and how many things are inspired by Twin Peaks. Like there's games that are inspired by it. A lot of games that are inspired by it. There are um, movies uh, or TV shows, more modern shows like Riverdale and some of this yeah. other stuff that I think are trying to be like more like on the nose, um, like kind of just schlocky kind of, you know. I'll even say um, my freaking movie. The movie I'm working on sure. is hyper like and uh, sure. inspired by Twin Peaks. So. There's just yeah. something and about a mysterious town or a mysterious thing in a town and different weirdo characters that make it up. It's just, it's yeah. fun. It's a fun sandbox to play in. 
and the thing that I that ended up helping me gel more with the return because on the face of it, just plot wise, it, it's kind of hard to get your arms around. Um, but the theme of the kind of the decay of culture, the decay of the world, and that was a big point in the show. The original run was like the agent was like, man, this place is so different. This place is so different, you know, than the rest of the world. You know, people are, you know, they care and they're, you know, but then there's the CD underbelly. The return really shows 20, 30 years later what the effects of the, sh the original run of the show, the effects that's had on the town. And then you get to see the rest of the world, which you yeah. see a little bit of in uh, Fire Walk With Me. And you can see why Cooper didn't want to leave uh, at yeah. the end of the first season or whatever is because the rest of the world kind of sucks in that universe. Yeah. Um, and there's just some really interesting, like the town is very decayed in the show um, or very kind of the sliminess has come out on the surface. And uh, you see that literally there's like people that look like they have kind of a plague, <laughs> like weird, you know, that classic, you know, scene she's sick yeah she's sick and this girl is just like a zombie in the car There's like borderline zombie type people uh and just drug addicts and just dirty gross people in this show um and uh yeah i think that that's kind of part of the commentary is like i can't make a show like twin peaks the way i made it in the 90s because the world is different now yeah. um and i think that the way that plays into the world of Twin Peaks is kind of cool. So, um, yeah. very good show um, as a as a whole. And I think I love the pilot. I love that first season. I love Fire Walk with Me. I think that's been the big surprise out of revisiting yeah, Fire Walk and with finishing me all this. Very very good. Yeah, that movie's incredible. So, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Any movies? Um, I watched Heat, which I've seen before. Have you guys ever seen Heat? Yes, yeah. I've seen it a couple times. That was a movie that just stuck with me because the uh, it's about you know all these uh, criminals doing a, a it opens with like um, they're hijacking they're doing some heist or whatever, and uh, then they need one more score and then they're out or whatever, but the gun sounds in that movie and the actual action and fighting off the police at one point, there's a big, I mean, there's two big, big huge scenes uh, of just fighting and they have just always stuck with me. They're just so just in your face and just exhilarating. And to this day, it's, it's hard. I, I, I think I can only look at maybe Christopher Nolan's Batman's, you know, that have such engaging like fights or, you know, stuff going on with, you know, guns and whatever else, but, uh, yeah, heat always stuck with me. So I've, I, this is like my third or fourth rewatch of heat and highly recommended. They just put out a book sequel heat Two, Uh, and I haven't looked into it. Um, but they did that and I think someone they're adapting it and they're going to try to make it a movie. So we'll see. Heat two. Hotter. You know, I you call it hot. Michael Mann directed that. He does a good movie, and I'm with you on the action. It's incredible. Um, I mean, the opening of The Dark Knight is basically a love letter to Heat. Yeah, with that bank heist. Um, yeah. But uh, there's Michael Mann 
made a movie in so he made Heat in '95. He made another movie, and I'm going through IMDb. I think it's this one. Yeah, he made a TV movie in 1989 called L.A. Takedown. And here's the synopsis. Tough Los Angeles cop Vincent Hanna takes on a gang of professional bank robbers led by police enigmatic Patrick McLaren. So you've got a head of a police and a head of a gang and there's bank robbers. What I have heard, and I've never watched this movie, is L.A. Takedown is heat. And basically, he got a bigger budget and just made it again. Oh, but it is heat. Like that is all I've ever heard That's is LA takedown is. And I'm just trying to think like, what is another time that a director just was like, I'm going to do that again. Like it just makes the same movie. And I don't know if it's, I've heard it is basically the same movie. Um, so I don't know. I thought that was funny that, uh, this, yeah, it, there's like, yeah, they got a, you know, a, uh, those, uh, M I M 16 rifles and they're running around the bank and I can see that from like a director's point of view. Cause like I've even had like, you know, there's been people like, Oh, you're going to make a sequel. You're going to do whatever. It's like, Oh, it's its own thing. But it's like, if somebody was like, came out and was like, do this or HBO or whatever, I would do the story again. I would, I would make it bigger. I would like stretch out some ideals I would have. So I, he just got a bigger budget. It was like, Oh, I had other stuff you know, maybe I can stretch this yeah. ideal. And it was, it was a cool thing to do. And there are some people that think it is better than heat, mm. which is crazy. Interesting. Interesting. I never watched it. So I don't know. It's just a little fun fact. All right. I know that. Well, uh, speaking of making the same movie multiple times, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. You, yeah, I'm a big I'm. James Bond fan. Um, I grown up, I don't know who bought the first one that I had, but I collected the VHS tapes and there, I could say collected cause there's 25 movies or whatever. When I was, I'm, we can tell Alex, you actually yeah. had a collection. Yeah. I had the VHS tapes. I think they're in my garage still. I owned all the James Bond movies and I watched them all. And I just always loved James Bond. I just love that world. I love the uh, stories. And I've gone and seen all the new ones when they come out. Um, and I've always wanted to go rewatch those. Um, it's been years since I've seen a lot of them. And I just have seen a lot of movies since then. My taste is like, you know, evolved a lot. And my buddy Sam was saying that he wanted to start having a group watch them once a week. And so we've been doing Amazon watch parties. And every Tuesday, about an hour after work, I log into the watch party, get the movie, and we sit and we watch a James Bond. So we've done it for four weeks in a row now. Um, so we've watched Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, and Thunderball. We've been starting from the beginning and going through. And um, yeah, I, these are these are fun. These are the Sean Connery Bond movie. Are either of you guys Bond guys, Bond fans? No. Uh, no. Zach, especially, you really should go through and and check these out. I think you'd have a, a lot of fun with them. Um, but Dr. No uh, is the first one. And it's amazing to me how much of Bond has like a formula to it where there's a Bond girl. Yeah. Maybe there's a couple. One turns out to be bad. There's an evil villain with a plan. There's all this stuff. So Dr. No, it's amazing how much of what's a bond movie is in that first movie. They really get a lot of it. Right. I've always liked Dr. No a lot. 
Um, yeah. James Bond is a spy. I think it's in like Jamaica or something like that. And there's this guy with an island, Dr. No, and he's stealing a nuke and he's going to get $20 million or whatever. Um, but the funny thing about Dr. No is there is the main bad guy. Dr. No is a Chinese national but he has a British accent and it's a white man with like orange makeup on. Oh, and we just were laughing. And Jess has not seen a lot of these. She's seen the new, like Daniel Craig ones. She was like, man, I was like, how'd you like the movie? She's like, it was pretty good. I liked it. It was a little low budget at the end. She's like, but it was kind of, it was a little racist. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that will continue. <laughs> these movies have. When does it stop being of, racist? Do you think? When does it hit a not? I don't I don't know that it ever fully got there. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe the Daniel Craig ones are a little less racist, but uh, yeah, I'd say they're less racist. But, but it's So just what fun, order should I watch movie. these in? Most racist to least or least to most? You got to do chronological. No, you I'm saying do, should, or, I go least, should I go least racist to most? Start at most racist. Start okay. with Live and Let Die. Okay. <laughs> Start with Live and Let Die. Hold on. Can you look up Live and Let Die for a second? Live Zach? and Let Die. Okay. I want you to see some of the, the things that are happening in this movie. It's a 1973 spy film. Okay. And I'm just going to oh, go to... Here we go. I'm going to go to images. There's a lot of... It takes place in New Orleans. There's a lot of voodoo. Uh, I see a voodoo um, guy, yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff in Live and Let Die. These movies are awesome, by the way. But Dr. No was good. We watched From Russia with Love, which is a classic... Um, it's much more, um, it's a little different. It breaks from the formula. A lot of the movie, James Bond is on a train with a girl. Like, yeah. it's just, it really surprised me how different it was. It reminded me of North by Northwest a lot. Mm. I think it was influenced by North by Northwest. There's even a scene where, like, James Bond is out in a field and there's a helicopter chasing him around. I was like, this is like North by Northwest, basically. Oh, I like the cover um, a lot. Of which I'm one? looking at a cover of Live and Let Die. He's got the... Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> These movies are great. From Russia with Love was good. Uh, I would say it's definitely they were trying to figure out how much they wanted to stick with the formula or go kind of different movie to movie. Then Goldfinger was the third one. Um, I wasn't sure with Goldfinger. That is like the classic. When people talk about Sean Connery Bond, they they think and talk about Goldfinger. Um, and I was I as a kid, I never really connected with it. Um, Watching it now, I now understand it is like the link to the past. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like it is the one that's like, okay, this is all the things and the gadgets and the car with the cool guns and cool things and uh, the watch. And it, like that is the movie that really nails the formula. Mm -hmm. like, Dr. No had pieces from Russia with Love kind of did its own thing. Goldfinger is like classic Bond personified. I'm looking these up as really you're talking about them. Yeah, and Goldfinger lives up to the to the hype. That is a really really good movie. Everyone um, say that. Yeah, it, it it's good. It is funny though, because like these movies all take place in different places. Like I think From Russia with Love was like in like Turkey or something like that. Doctor Knows in like uh uh you know Jamaica. Goldfinger like the last half of it is in Kentucky because the, a big a big centerpiece is Fort Knox. Uh, yeah. and the gold in Fort Knox. And so like, there's just a point in the movie where they're just in Kentucky. Um, 
and it just is like weird like it's just james bond and like the cia guys are going to like a chicken shop and i'm just like this is just so funny like you don't think of this as a james bond movie but he's just running around kentucky at the horse stables i will say these movies are racist <laughs> they are sexist <laughs> james bond slaps the absolute soul out of a girl in yeah, from Russia with love. i've like, seen that clip i've seen that clip slaps her and it's like there is no way that that was acting like he smacks her and some of these girls he, he forces his what he forces the Uh-oh. issue um doesn't doesn't take no as a hint in some of these scenarios so that Doctor has no. been interesting to look back on um so yeah, it's uh, a doctor. No, yeah, Goldfinger was uh, was really good, and then Thunderball is, um, is that the Sean budget. I've yeah, as I've been going through these, the budget for these uh, balloons on Thunderball. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out. I was like, what? How did they spend so much money? Like, it's still a spy movie. Here's where the budget went. Probably Sean out Connery. of an hour, 20, 30 minute movie. Probably 30% of it is underwater. Oh my God. And I'm not talking like one guy underwater, like planes go underwater. Like there is a whole fight sequence of like 20 guys fighting 20 guys underwater with like spears and like it is avatar level ambition as a filmmaker, like. Zach, being on your set the little bit I've been on it, knowing how much you have to talk about things and what you want them to do and stuff. I'm watching Thunderball like, okay, you're all underwater. You all have oxygen tanks. And they're choreographing fight scenes and filming them. It's like you can't go up above water and have a conversation. Oh, I want you to do it this way. So like that was mind-blowing to watch the ambition that they had to do what they did in Thunderball underwater. Cause it's not like fake underwater. It's like legitimate gangs of men underwater fighting each other. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it's crazy. Very, very crazy. And it's a very good movie. I would say Thunderball is, we're still in that classic Sean Connery oh, era. Yeah. So um, I think there's one more tomorrow. We watch another one and then we start to enter. Uh, there's an interesting era where they went between a couple actors. And then there's a guy named Roger Moore that did a lot of Bond movies. So, I'm having a great time. Jess, this has been fun. She's not seen a lot of these or any of these. So um, it's been fun revisiting them. And then I saw the news recently that Christopher Nolan is in talks to do some Bond, which I have said, I think I've said on this podcast, they should throw the bag at him and yeah. ask him to do either a duology or a trilogy. The yeah, same way let he him, did Dark Knight yeah, please. with I want to see James another. Bond. And he needs to do another the trilogy. other thing. Yeah, do a trilogy. The other thing, because he can then really let things breathe. The other thing that I saw that made my height go through the roof was they're talking about doing it set in the 60s. Like, really go back and readapt these novels, because these are all based on books. Hmm. And I would love that, because I think Christopher Nolan with a three three-hour movies could tell the story of that Sean Connery arc. Yeah. Immaculate. I think he could do an amazing job, so... Uh, fingers crossed on that. I'm very hopeful that that happens. Mm. And uh, yeah, Zach, I think you should get reacquainted with Bond. I think you should do that because if Nolan's making the movies, you gotta be Why up not? to speed. Yeah, if Nolan's getting a part of it, I gotta see what this thing's about. Cool. That's that. Awesome. 
think that is it. Return of Hangouts, end of the month. Movies wrapping up. Football co coaching wrapping up. We are coming into the new season of Dweebs. We're going to get stronger. We're going to get sexier. We're going to... Dweebs? Yeah. Uh, we haven't had a meeting for that yet. And <laughs> we might really even change the name to Dweebs with a Z. Who knows? That's actually a good idea. Actually, it would be really ironically funny. What about Dweeb X? Yeah. Oh. We could pull a, uh, an Elon... We might do is that. It's not even Elon at this point. Now it's just meta. Like it's just it's just why is it meta? No. I'm gonna change it just to D. Cause meta's kind of been ruined too. Like they'll constantly And I'm gonna say check out know. the new D. Check out this D is what's gonna be the tweet. Check out my D, which is my dweebs. My look friends. I like look at my D. Yeah, look at my Get a there. look at this D. Watch this video of D. Yeah, watch of this, my D. Watch this video yeah. of my D. Yeah. That could be a really good tagline. Microsoft would love it. They and would Elon would love it. it for sure. Yeah. They, they'd leak it. That yeah, they like would, I would leak would it. Yeah, I might leak it. Cloud on the not redacted. Not, not at yeah. All. You would need a big redaction bar. I'm just saying. Well, for, I, you know. It wouldn't even let you attach it. It would be too big on Gmail. They would yeah. say you got they got up to to drive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hold on. Are we talking like, like this? No, wider. Like, oh, I'm, I'm talking digital. Yeah. I don't know what. Or, or, or what hold, on, hold, on. Or, hold on, hold I'm on, hold on. Talking digital things. Why is he so in a physical? All right. Okay. You right, might have on. to do that thing where this? you blur the whole picture. Well, it's kind of blur. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> your blur on your uh, webcam is blurring out the whole thing. Yeah, like, like, like that. Yeah. What okay, is he holding? I, I don't know what he's holding anymore. Yeah. No idea. Um, no idea. Well, thank you guys for watching. Like I said, we will be back into this month. Hangouts is coming back. We do once a week on Thursdays. I think we did 7 p.m. Gosh, it's been so long. I don't know. I think it's I think it's 7 p.m. It'll be on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. When we go live on there, you can follow us on there. But that is it. Hope you guys enjoyed enjoyed the D. Nice. Nice.